and Chardonnay. <laughs> Wait for my host. I think Creative's here. I think Dorothy's here. Hey, hey, hey. Into the mode. Listening to Hello. a new day. Hey, what happens if somebody calls you while you're on here? Huh? What happens if somebody calls you while you connected? You know, that's a good question. I've never had that happen. Not to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had that happen. I'm on Facebook Live in our private group getting on for the people. How you girl? How I'm like, how are you girl guys? How's your week going? I just had a little situation. My whole week has been a hectic one and it's only Tuesday. Oh. How are that- you guys? <laughs> Great. Great. That's so one worded. <laughs> great. Why is your week great? Amen. Because you know, black people were becoming casualties these days for apparently no reason. Absolutely yeah. no reason. And that is what we plan on addressing today, amongst other things. Hi, Facebook Live people. I'm inside of our private group, so the whole world can't see this. But if you're here, you know, populating, roll up, pour up. I have a whole bottle of Chardonnay. Of course you do. <laughs> well, I have so much to say. I have so much to say. It's not even funny. Literally, I just got out of an Uber ride. And it was not a good Uber ride. Do you want to know why my Uber ride was not good? Why wasn't it? Because I had two Uber drivers. One in the passenger seat and one in the driver's seat. And she oh, that's not supposed to happen. And that's what I said. I said, excuse me, um, is this normal? You know, it's like at first I didn't notice it because I was in an Uber pool and I had another person there with me. You know what I mean? Um, so I wasn't tripping and I always get into the Uber with my headphones on because I don't want to talk to nobody. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, uh just won't have to get weird, you know? So I got in, and I said, thank you, because she found me and, you know, sat down. Sorry, just popping this bottle. She sat down. Ooh, I was about to pour my wine in my weed jar. That wouldn't have been good. Mm. But, anyhow, so once the other girl left, and the things just kind of got, I don't know, the energy in the car shifted. (laughs) So when I noticed, she said, okay, and now we're going to, and she said my address and I said, well, where's he going? When's his stop? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, oh, no, this is my cousin. And I was oh. thinking to myself, like, since when can you do that? So I said it out loud. Since when can you do that? She said, well, I told you I was training my cousin. I said, I was. You don't cousin. fucking train nobody for Uber. That's what I did. Girl, listen. <laughs> listen. <laughs> listen. Girl. Listen. I said the same thing to her. She didn't want to listen to me. She even tried to argue with me just a little bit, but I was on camera at that point because I put my my phone on. And baby, let me tell you. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Ah, I needed that drink. So anyhow, as she continued to drive and I had shit low key. She's like, man, well, I can drop you off right here. No, you can't. Because Uber takes out the rate first. Right. This is Lyft. This is Lyft. <laughs> I'm like, fine, no problem. But Uber took my money already, bitch. You're driving me as close as I want you to be. And I told her that. I said, listen, you're driving me, and I'm, you're not going to make it to my house. She's like, yes, because that's where the app says I'm dropping you off. I said, 
okay. And I let the people know we were about a block away from, you know, my house. And then when we got to the stoplight, I jumped out. Right. <laughs> she said, I said, man, can you please unlock the door? She said, we're at a stoplight. I said, I don't care. No, <laughs> get me out of here. And so I did. I got out of there. I jumped out. And then I proceeded to take some pictures of our vehicle. You know what I mean? But I just was like, I can't believe this. Uber, I want my $5. No, $6. I don't care. I work hard, damn it. And there's shit need... like that. That like, and it's no, shit, ooh, no, like, seriously, like, it's shit like that that lets like, me know I can't work for nobody. I know, I'm telling you, <sighs> people. So, I lived, I survived, you know what I mean? But I was scared, I really was because I had a situation that started off like that that didn't end too well, and so I just tend to be very, very cautious. So, now I, mean? I have a question for Uber. Mm-hmm. Where did you bitches start letting people trade motherfuckers? They didn't. They didn't. <laughs> I, I'm That's absolutely positive. I'm absolutely positive that they didn't. But so, I'll rate this. Peep this. She hit me with the, I told you when you first got in the car. No, you didn't. Because I was like, why didn't you tell me this? But I'm not going to waste any more time on her. Bitch, you didn't tell me that when I got in the car. I wouldn't have got in. That's what I said. I'm like, I wouldn't have got in. Uh-uh. I never even heard of no shit like this. Me either. <laughs> like, are you kidding me over here? Like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. So anyhow, even Fuck it, you might as well trade the oh motherfucker. Valerie just dropped the motherfucker. a pedal. My orchid Valerie, she's been living for like three, four months, and she just dropped a pedal. See, even Valerie said that's some bullshit and dropped the pedal. Oh shit. I know Valerie. I call my orchid Valerie because she's beautiful like my mother. You oh. Yeah. You caught that, right? Creative. What? Yeah. <laughs> you caught what, what happened? I missed it. What'd you say? Let's get into the show. <laughs> okay. So let's get into this. So so much has been happening this week. Um, from last Wednesday to this Tuesday, there have been a plethora of things that I've been holding my tongue on. And just really waiting to get it in with you all. So, that being said, tonight's agenda, we are going to talk about what the hell is going on in the black church. Listen. Listen to me. The <laughs> black church or the black church. <laughs> we're going to get into that. So, we're going to talk about what's really going on in the black church. Then after that, we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter. Like, will they ever matter, Black Lives? Because in this week alone, I've seen three different reports. One on a young man who was killed in his backyard. Another for a mentally Ill, a mental health patient who was on the freeway. You know, and then the third one was, of course, we all knew Elton Sterling's uh, killer is not going to be prosecuted. So I'm just starting to ask my question. I think they need to change the Black Lives Matter movement to will Black lives ever matter in America because that's what we're dealing with, folks. And then after we talk about that, we're going to address how the LGBT is fucking up our kids. Yeah. (laughs) And how our president wants to take away white people's food stamps. Yeah. And And how white people are not happy with that. And they are not happy about it. No, so let's get in. I want to start with Aubrey Stevenson, okay? 
How many people know who T.D. Jakes is? I do. Mm-hmm. Let the church say. Amen. How many people know who House is? I learned today. That's T.D. Jakes's. That's uh, his church. That's his church. And the church that we're talking about tonight is literally his home church because, you know, he owns a few franchises around the planet. So mm. today we're going to talk about Arbery, I'm sorry, Audrey Stevenson and how she exposed the Potter's house. So the story is as goes, people. Audrey serves on the church team. When you serve on the church team, you're going to make enemies naturally, right? Well, one of her enemies happens to be the head church administrator, and she sat her down. Her argument was, you're not supposed to be up there. Audrey's argument was, well, first lady said we're going to meet about it. The lady in question says, listen, I don't care right now. No. A gentleman by the name of Brandon, and the only reason why I know his name, because she kept saying, Brandon, no, Brandon, no. <laughs> Need to make it fun. You know, I don't mean to make jest of it, but it was kind of like, dang, Brandon, let her go. <laughs> so that being said, the guy Brandon ends up body slamming her. All of this is caught on camera. And all hell breaks loose. The police and start to take her. And the police officer says to her, she says, ma'am, why are you detaining me? And the officer said, I don't know. I'm trying to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could make this up. This is on the tape. Oh, gosh. The reason why this is a problem <clears throat> is because before things got heated, the young lady said, you know what? I'm just going to leave. Let me go. <clears throat> they proceeded to put a, bar- a barricade around the door, not letting her out. So she wasn't able to get out, and she was, you know, eventually assaulted. So let's get into this. Some people are saying she was out of line. Other people are saying the part of the house entertains demonic entities. Mm. Let's argue. Let's get into it. When's the last time one of y'all been to a church? Um, The last time I went to a church was, um, it was a couple years ago. I was going to this uh, Spanish church. And, um, what 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 made me feel some kind of way? That's how we say it these days, some kind of way. Yes, was um they was raising money for what was they raising money for? Oh, like they was raising money to um build a new facility, and they was raising money to like uh send some kids on a mission in Africa or something. So everything felt heartfelt. Mm-hmm. So after ten minutes of taking up offerings for these uh, missions. <laughs> he said 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Then you turn around and say, and start bragging about all these new things you got going on on the side. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. This is a see- Spanish church. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm like, you just took everybody's money for saying you need it for these situations right here, but over here on the side, about these couple new buildings you got to do extra things on the side I'm like wait a minute that just didn't sit right with me but everybody else in the church you know like some some people are just like brainwash hey whatever they say they follow very true and I had to get up out of there I had to get up out of there for the Spanish church though have you ever had an experience I mean naturally you have you're you live in Florida you're African American so I know you've had experiences with the black church oh yeah I grew up in a black church Mm. Yeah, I grew up a heathen. 
You know what? Nah, just kidding. We didn't go to church because my father said the church is full of hypocrites. I went to church because... Well, your mother did because your mother... (laughs) This is my sister. And we did grow up in the same house, by the way. Our father was was on some other stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Um, My father was a hoe. I mean, a good guy. (laughs) We're months apart because our father was doing his thing. He was young. But the one thing he didn't tolerate was baby mama drama. And so he always had relationships in terms of being cordial enough, you know, to have us see each other on a consistent basis. And our moms would keep each other. And, you know, Outrageous's mom was, you know, she was very, very faith-centered. You know, they grew up in that. Even my mother, my birth mother, her family was faith-centered. Um, my father was faith-centered too, but just in a different way. He used to say, have faith, God is in your heart. But them people at the church, I'm not fucking with it. And he would just say it just that plain. Um, and, 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 you know, I've had my own experience with the church and even serving in leadership. And it can get a little high school. You feel what I'm saying? And like, yeah. Every, think- as everything can, the church has. The church actually is a whole, you know, hospital for sinners. Yeah. We have to keep this in mind. Mm-hmm. So all the things that are going on in there, we would almost have to expect because everybody in there just came from the club. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's true, but what should we have standards for leadership? Because why the story really bothered me was because it was completely mishandled <clears throat> from the gate. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was completely mishandled. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, where are the rules and why aren't they being enforced? Which is why I feel like maybe I was a little emotionally stirred up today with Ubers because I'm like, yo, there has to be rules for this shit, right? And, and the young lady's thing was like, ma'am, the young lady kept saying, ma'am, ma'am. She said, stop calling me ma'am. She said, well, you're older than me and I don't know what else to say. I'm <laughs> and she kept saying that. She's like, ma'am, ma'am, I'm just trying to respect you. We're in the house of the Lord. I don't care. Stop calling me ma'am. I would have said, well, bitch, what the fuck? And then after I die, you see, and after the church burned down, exactly. Right. <laughs> so I think that the young lady handled it. I say all this to say I'm making just of it, but it's really. I think she handled it accordingly. She felt disrespected. She said what she had to say, but here's where my problem is, and I don't know if anyone else has an issue with this, but who the fuck told anybody in the clergy, on the board, or wherever the fuck from the church? That they could barricade a door and try yeah. to keep someone inside. They're mm. lucky she didn't move everything in that motherfucker around trying yes. to get the fuck up out of there. Church exactly. or no church. Because if it was me, I'd have moved some shit around at church. There would have been some pews moved. There'd have been a pulpit <laughs> to get the fuck over. There'd have been a wig on the fucking floor. A church crown rock. I'm trying to tell you now. Uh, and you know that's the truth, though. And what's even crazier about this story, it's just like anything. When it's a group of people, why is there never a person? Why is there never one, at least one person in a situation with enough balls to stand up and say, this ain't right. Yes. Yo, cut exactly. this out. Yes. Everybody just stands there and lets it go on. And That's I don't, what the police were supposed to be for, but she failed. And like Brandon, Brandon, Brandon was the aggressor. Mm-hmm. She uh, was it the house mother. That's what they called her. 
they called her house mother, but she was the uh, church administrator. Same difference, but uh, she just was making the world know I am not a ma'am. I am the church administrator. She's yeah, her. It was like, she I was, it was a rude old bitch. Yeah, I think it was three <laughs> of them in there, right? Three of them with the little Rob. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, creative. Please get your point out because I do want to hear it. I'm sorry. I think it was what three of them in there and the lady sitting down in the chair, right? Mm-hmm. So, all I'm saying, even the cop, the cop was like, she was like, uh uh-uh, I ain't trying to lose my membership. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you like, know what? what? The whole shit was an episode of Greenleaf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, Oprah's about to get ratings this weekend. Yes, she like, is. I told you so. I told you so. No, PD Jakes is gonna this preach about it on Sunday. He ain't gonna say shit about it till Sunday. <laughs> and, and then it was just pretty much the reason why I think the reason why the lady couldn't be on stage. They were just being petty. Ain't no reason why she yeah. couldn't be on stage. She exactly. wasn't up there twerking. Exactly. But peep the backstory. There's another YouTube video out <clears throat> with the girl herself giving her account of everything. And her mother comes on there, and her mother was like, the girl was just trying to focus on what happened that day, but the mama came on and just spilt tea on everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, in 2014, I started going to the potter's house, and my daughter was into drugs, and oh, she was God. doing wrong. Women now are loose. And now, <laughs> she's done so good. She's been serving in the Lord. She ain't on drugs no more. She ain't running the streets. And now the, the same people that helped build her up tore down. And that is when I felt some kind of way inside. I felt the hurt and the pain and it didn't become just a joke anymore to me. I was like, you know what? What is the church for and what is the church not for? And I think it speaks to exactly what you said, Ari, as you said, the church is basically a hospital and everybody's sick. But even hospitals have doctors that are licensed surgeons, you know what I'm saying, and know how to heal. So when do we start holding the leaders of the church accountable? I mean, let's take, you know, the cussing pastor Thaddeus. His latest debauchery is him in the strip club holding on to an Instagram model or something like that. I said in the article. I mean, well, what did they, well, come on now. Now, let's see. Uh, all I'm going to say about that is what the fuck did they expect? He's cussing. <laughs> His whole sermon's about cussing. He talks about bitches, hoes. Gay pastors, gay leaders. Did you see that link? And they shocked that he was watching somebody pop their pussy. I can't. Exactly. (laughs) That's what he said. And we quote him. He was like, listen, and he's MF this, MF that. And my whole question is, is how are we supposed to look up to the leaders in the church where you have very extremes? Like, is there a balance? Should we even be looking to the leaders of church? Should we be nurturing our own spiritual relationship, reading the word for ourselves? Of course, that's what you should be doing. Because these are rhetorical. No, no, Why do you feel like people should do you think more people should take responsibility for their spiritual health and their spiritual growth? And when is it time to leave? a place that may be toxic to both of those things. Well. Was that rhetorical too, or? <laughs> right, I'm scared Just all of us, at one point in time, I was going to church a lot, and I was serving, and it was at a time in my life where I feel like I needed that, where God was 
really introducing myself. Like, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Hove. Uh, I'll say sorry, I'm corny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that season of my life, I was young and I dived in and the things and the fundamentals I learned, I still use to nurture my own spiritual relationship with God through Christ. But I don't like church politics. And a lot of the reasons why I left was because of that stuff. You know what I mean? So I kind of feel like I stepped out because I didn't like what was going on. And I didn't want to start becoming a part of the problem because eventually it started becoming like a popularity contest, like hanging out. Oh, you got to hang out with the pastor at the pastor's house. Oh, when you call the pastor, he answers your call. He should answer everybody's fucking No, but he does. That's the whole thing. We were You're talking about people who are really needy and, and having a crutch on the church, like depending on the church for everything. So I'm just saying, like, when is it healthy and unhealthy to have a dependency on the church? Should we have a dependency on the church? No, we should not have a dependency on the church. Then what is it there for? The church... You know what? If we should, I don't go to the church. This is, is this? this is what I mean. People have made over the years have made the church out to be something that it's not. Yes, the church is supposed to be there to build the community. The word is supposed to be spread, but at the end of it all, it's supposed to equal all out to something good. Yeah. And all the church does, whenever the church is big enough, whenever it's big enough. There's always conspiracy. There's always problem. There's never really any resolve. And people are always, there's always sides. There's always, there's always going to be that divide because everybody thinks they're better than somebody in the <laughs> church. That's true. Everybody's oh, in there. It's a, it, you know, everybody's putting on their best clothes. This is the, the stereotype that the church has built for itself. Yep. And this is the black church. White people go to church for about 20 minutes. <laughs> I 45 because I go to a nice church. My pastor's white and we're in service for about one hour max. You know, and this is my point. Spread the word and you're still getting that same word, right? Yep. And it didn't make you feel any different. Who gave it to you? But what I don't want to do when I go to church is hear about everything that needs to be done somewhere else how much I need to give yeah. that I don't have mm-hmm. and how if I give it I will be blessed because I'm already going to get blessed I'm supposed to anyway it's like free yeah so I don't agree with this I do agree with Taj you know that's my own personal thing but offering is like what are we paying offering for? Because I know my church still doesn't have central air. And mm. since I was 15, we've been raising money for central air. <laughs> <laughs> now, one big, a- one big difference, though, in a, a white church and black church is the, uh, <laughs> the choir music, yo. Yeah. Like, I can't. The white people got to step it up. No, I've been to some churches, though. It just depends on musical taste. I've been to some churches where the white music is on point. And I'm sorry to say white music. I just say alternative music. <laughs> no, we're going to say gospel. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's music, but he's right. There is a musical difference. There definitely, definitely is a musical difference, hands down. Um, I see Their gospel more- is different than ours. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, clearly. I mean, I just think when someone's touched by God, you're going to feel God regardless. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. No matter what their nationality is, because I really have been blessed to experience different worship leaders with different styles and nationalities. And yeah, because they all- I don't know what they're saying when they praise God in Asia. Yeah. I wouldn't know. They're singing something. I don't I don't know what that is that they're saying, but it sounds great. Speaking of God, I think it's time that we talk about the state of America right now. <clears throat> we got Caucasian kids shooting up schools, being deemed mentally ill, but we have mentally ill black women being shot straight in the head after a discussion was previously made on how to not fatally harm this woman because after searching her name, they learned that she has, you know, she's in the system, she sees a therapist, some mental illness, and she has suicidal thoughts. All of this is played in, in the video. Mm-hmm. We have white people who are being deemed mentally ill in America for blowing up targeted places that had minorities making home bombs. I don't understand what the state of America is, but the one thing I do understand is that there is a specific attack on minorities and even more specific on black people in America. When are we going to start caring? And and when are we going to stop becoming more than a freaking hashtag? Let's talk about it. Yeah, I I feel some way about this too. And, uh, but... I have a lot of different views on this. I, Me too. I feel like everyone is, first of all, I want people to stop using every situation with the police and yeah. somebody black as, you know, a police fatality against black people. I, because we have to think about the stereotypes that we're living up to as well and why certain people are targeted as well. Not to say that the lives that they did take carelessly and that they're not being they're not being held accountable for is okay. That's not okay. And those lives did matter. And and yes, black lives do. But I'm I'm tired tired of everyone using this as an excuse mm-hmm. when something goes wrong with their child. Yes, I wanna I wanna address that because I too agree that we have to look at these circumstances that are taking place when the fatalities happen. The circumstance is this individual is doing something criminalistic sometime. You know, um, sometimes they're doing something criminalistic that attracts the police to them, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's not. You know what I mean? And it's like, I always try to optimistically look at the circumstance from an indifferent point of view. For the lack of a better term right now, I'll use the word indifferent because... I'm not personally attached to it, but I am. And I don't care in or not care because I understand how the media works. They give you one portion of a side of a story and then every other outlet takes that and they all manipulate it and and, and say basically the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, and the same facts are being circulated, but the fact has not even been presented. And then you find out later some other stuff. So it's like, Dude, I just think accountability for our authorities should be 
enforced? Yes, it should. Because at this rate, they're feeling like no matter what they do, they're going to get away with it because yep. they're protected by the shield. Yep. In any instance, they could be dead wrong. I mean, it's rare that you see cops. It's every how many years that you see cops actually get punished for their crimes. And then they're on counts of other things, not actually taking a life, a black life. Yep. It's for like participating in a drug cartel, drug smuggling, gun smuggling, never for killing innocent people. Never for killing little black boys. Yep. What do you? Have- That's not worth locking them up. Taking yeah, the life black- is not worth locking them up. Sorry about that, outrageous. But I'm curious from a male point of view. What do you think, creative? Because as a black male, how has all of this stuff that happens in the country changed your dynamic in terms of when you go out about in your life? How do you? How has this affected you personally? Um. I just feel like we're never going to get anywhere. It's like we're just running in circles because we have no leaders. And even if we did have leaders, you know how the meme culture, everything's... If Martin yep. Luther King was alive right now, they'd be calling him the old nigga. Yeah. So it's yeah. like everybody just want to turn up and party. And then when somebody die, it's an issue for a couple of weeks. And then we back to, to the crap. And it's like nobody, like most, like rap is so big and huge and people look up to these rappers. They don't care. Like not the rappers don't care. They're just throwing money on Instagram and the kids look up to that and they follow, they they want to be like them. So it's like until we fix ourselves, like we can't even get a Black Friday boycott going. Without people talking about, you crazy. They, they got them TVs for 200 I ain't doing exactly. all that. Talk about that. Lines around corners for sneakers, but you don't even have financial literacy to say Exactly. Up. Like, we had the Black Panthers. They was doing stuff for the community, had after-school programs. We don't have nothing like that. We don't, there is nothing. The school systems are steady losing money. I just don't, I don't understand it. That's, I don't. That's because the country's broke, but that's a topic for another. <laughs> the country is broke, but we have millionaire entertainers who should be putting that money back into the country. Where, and if not the country, their communities. Yeah, because they all come from somewhere. Almost every celebrity came from being broke. Mm-hmm. And that's black or white, do stuff for people or Hispanic of- or whatever they are. I know. But when you say, like, let's say you say the entertainers put money, um, do more programs and stuff in the community, people, first thing people say, why you counting their money? Uh, they do what they want with their money. So black people argue about that. We can't even come to a, res- we can't come to a resolution on anything, really. That's because we've already been brainwashed ever since. But let's talk ever about since We've already been brainwashed to be against each other mm-hmm. ever since. Just going, that's rooting back into slavery. Yeah. Back to the house, nigga. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Like, let's talk about how we don't support one another as a culture, but we'll go to bat for someone else. Very. We already started being in competition with one another from the start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we even had a chance. Before That's why we were brought over here into that. Mm-hmm. No, being raised and grown into that here. But other black people are not like the American black person. You yep. have to look at that. Because if you look at Africans, you look at 
Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, they all come and build something together, but they all support each other no matter what. Yep. You can see three Hispanics, three different Hispanics. They all, they're all from a different island, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, El Salvador, but they all speak Spanish. They don't know each other at all, but you nope. fuck with one of them at the bus stop. They'll fuck you up. Pretty much. Pretty much. They don't even know each other. They'll support each other's store. One of them walking by, they see the other one selling food. They're not hungry, but they're going to buy it anyways. Mm-hmm. We're not doing that. Black people are not doing that. True. So I, that's, that's why I feel like there's so many like issues and topics that we can go on with this. It's like... We need resolve. We don't need more talking points. We need resolve. And then another thing is, we're so busy, black people in every community and in every walk of life, whether we have money or we don't, and, and we'll even go with the middle class, upper class, lower class. We'll even get into that, but then this is how we'll jump into this. Mm-hmm. We're all fighting each other. Meanwhile, they're fighting for gay marriage. Dude, like... I'm so glad you segued into this because the LGP, the I'm sorry, <laughs> the LGBT community is less than a percent of the population. Did you know that? Less than one percent. Yep, of the population of the human population, less than one percent of people are homosexual. Oh wow, that's accounted for. However, they're the most influential group right now on the planet. Yes, they are. Mm. And you know what? Everything that they want, they get. Let's now, talk I'm not about saying because I have dabbled. I've had relationships with women, and I've have and I have friendships with homosexuals. And I've met, I do too. I've met transgenders that have allowed me into their world to really understand. And I know a drag mm-hmm. queen was a hell of a server and I love going to see him every Saturday when I eat my sushi. But part of me feels like there's a bit of mental illness in that because I've struggled with it myself and I've identified it as mental illness at one point in time. But I don't I, I don't feel like we have the right to police people or judge them based on their sexuality. I feel like everybody's entitled to their own privacy. I just have a problem when it's just put everywhere and they're like, listen, you're going to going to accept this. And then on top of that, we're going to compare this to civil rights, the black, the black experience. I have a problem no. with that. No, no, and no. And what I don't like is how everything when it has to do with them is a sensitive issue or a sensitive subject or something that can't be discussed or you have to worry. You can't, I'm not walking on eggshells for anyone. I, again, I have family members that are homosexual. I have friends that are homosexual and transgender and all of these things. But at the end of the day, the point still remains that it's wrong Mm -hmm. and you cannot fight for rights for something that is wrong. It's shunned and it's, looked down upon because it is wrong at the end of the day no I'm not knocking you for what you're doing and I accept you for you know who you are and what you're doing but you're going straight to hell and I'm not mad at you for that I still love you while you're here but we just on two different 
on two different wavelengths, but I still respect you the same. But at the end of the day, you need to know that I know and feel that this is wrong. And it shouldn't be splattered all over the TV for our children to not decide that living the right way is okay. No, it's so you're going to have those let them decide for themselves what they're going to grow up to be. Not seven year olds are watching other seven year olds wear pink fucking bandanas and play with Barbie dolls on television. As a parent, because you're a parent, I'm not yet. I can understand how you feel because you have to deal with your child coming home with some questions and explaining things that you may not feel it's time to have those conversations. You know what I mean? Um, I want to play devil's advocate for a bit. Why is it wrong? Why is it wrong to be a homosexual? It's wrong to be a homosexual because it's ungodly to be a homosexual. But it's not the way of the world, period. How many gay animals do you see roaming around the planet? I've not seen any. Okay, because it's unnatural. I've seen Natural things are supposed to be going on in life. But Again, this and this goes back into the church. You're not supposed to. Men are not supposed to sleep with men. Women are not supposed to sleep with women because we can't reproduce together. You and I can't reproduce together. You are supposed to live, be fruitful, and multiply. This is the way of life. This is how everything operates. And the reason why the gay community is so influential right now and their numbers are so small is because that's the devil. But what about if I fall in love with someone of the same sex and and, and I'm just in love? love you know what? Bad. Then you're in love with them and I'm going to support it and I'm going to love you the same and I'm not going to treat you any different or them. And we're going to be one big happy family, but it's still wrong. I still believe you could be born gay. You can't be born gay. It's what still does wrong. that mean when you say be born gay? What does that mean? Growing up, I knew two dudes that was gay when I was like 11. And they're gay now. But we, Everybody knew they was gay. Before well, gay was even a thing. I, gay is a sickness. But how do you know they were born that way? Because they were switching when they was toddlers. <laughs> But do you I think can't. that they were born that way because they've been fucking with our food and exposing us to chemicals and things like that, and that fucks up the reproductive situation? So that's why they're born that way, but not because God made a mistake and wanted them to be confused about their sexuality? I believe it's the spirit. The spirit of lust. Mm, that's an interesting perspective. Elaborate. And they feel different things about different things. And, and what's right that they, that's just like a, being a teenager, right? Mm-hmm. Your hormones are out of control for boys and girls. are probably a little bit worse for boys. They masturbate and shit. <laughs> but they would not feel comfortable telling anyone that or doing it around other boys. But now... Whereas a long time ago, you wouldn't know that they were, that a, a, a boy was gay. Yeah. You wouldn't have known this. He would be trying to hide it and cover it up as to where now they're not. Mm-hmm. They're out in the open with it. It's okay for everybody to know it. But it's, 
it's just the it, it's embedded in them. They're seeing it now. Yeah. I, I want to. Sp- I have to speak on it now because I'm just in it right now. It's being embedded in them now. It's what they're seeing. It's the spirit. Mm-hmm. It's an evil spirit. It's all over the place. Yeah. They're putting it on the TV. It's on billboards. It's in books. It's in their video games, even. Yeah. It's in their cartoons, even. Mm-hmm. It's in toddler cartoons, even. Yeah. Yeah. It's being embedded in them right now that this is okay. Mm. That this is the thing to do. So now th- they got whole shows about it, like whole teen soap operas mm-hmm. about this. Wow. Teen soap operas about it? Yes, Degrassi. Oh, yeah, Degrassi's been on forever. Yeah, girl. Didn't Drake play gay in that show? No, he wasn't gay. He was he was paralyzed. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Drake. I, 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 I don't know because I don't watch Degrassi, but I don't know. Like, I know that there was some type of a controversial thing, character he played. So, <laughs> he was paralyzed. He was in a wheelchair. He got shot. So, we live in a society where homosexuality exists, it's not going anywhere. So, how do we deal with this to, enough to respect other people? And see, there's really no way to do it without them getting all equal rights and they're gay bashing me. Yeah. Or they're teaching kids to be hateful or discriminate against gays. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, this shit is wrong. They should not have made these things okay. It's not all right to raise your kid in the house with two dads. Because you're automatically confusing them. They don't have a chance at that rate. Mm -hmm. The same as if it's two mothers. This is not, this is not ideal. It's more ideal to be single, to see one mother in the house or one father and one parent. Yeah. I can understand that perspective. I can understand it. So the right way for us to introduce homosexuality into our society and even transgenders into our society and and to our children would be parents, you have to take the lead on this one. You have to really discern when the right time is to have this conversation, if you're going to make it a spiritual conversation or if you're going to make it a scientific conversation. Yeah, the way the world is going, you're going to have to know your stance on a lot of things because everything starts in the home. People are developed and they become who they are based on who their parents cultivated them to be or did not cultivate them to be. And so if we're going to all coexist, then we need to have the uncomfortable conversations and we need to start equipping our children with our beliefs and building the kind of citizens God is leading us to build, you know, because ultimately I believe that parent is responsible for their child and their child's future. And nobody has the right to say otherwise unless they are putting food in that person's kid's mouth. They're trying to take care of them and not just throw them back into the system into foster care, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, parents have to just step up. And when I become a parent, trust me, I've already been having these kind of conversations with my spouse about, you know, what we believe. Do we believe the same things? Thankfully, we do. 
you know, what we believe about child rearing, you know, he has this mindset of, I want to be a co-parent, stay at home co-parents. He doesn't want to be in the workforce, you know, so he spearheaded his own community, his own career and he's an entrepreneur and he cultivates that. And so when the time is right, we have a birth plan, all that. We have a whole strategy of prudence, you know, to, of how we want to introduce our children and, and having these uncomfortable conversations are, are, are things that are going to be necessary. Well, as a parent with teenagers, mm-hmm. this is very difficult mm. because I have all teenage girls mm-hmm. and, and we live in a place where, you know, female gay or bisexuality is not looked upon as badly as it is for males. Mm-hmm. And with my daughters, I just tell them that I don't care what you do. Yeah, you know I'm still gonna don't don't be ashamed to tell me what you're doing. Yeah, or you know what's going on with you because I'm still gonna love you the same no matter what it is. Exactly. Just tell just tell me the truth. Because I don't want to be in the dark about anything that's going on with you because then you're not feeling like we have a bond or a relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I do have to say for people. Like if that is the, when you have a child, if that is the way that they go, yeah, being a mother and loving my kids the way that I do, I'm going to accept anything that they do or want to do no matter what it is. And if that happens to be the thing that it is, I will. But I would also let them know my opinion on mm-hmm. what they're doing while I'm rooting for them. At you know, at the same time, but yeah, I don't know how I would feel if I had a gay son. Yeah, I I don't I I don't know if I would still feel this way or be as open. I don't know if I would be, you know, reading bitches with my boy. I don't know. <laughs> I know what you mean. (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. I feel the same way. So how do you feel about child rearing and the conversation you're going to have with your future future children, creative? What's that conversation going to look like with you? I gave my stance on it. What's your stance on having that conversation with your kids? About the world we live in. The world we live in being like we have all kinds of people you know, transgendered, homosexual, straight, you know, and how how, and when do you feel is the right time to have that conversation with your kid? And are you prepared to have that conversation with your kid? When they like, how, how old is this conversation? Like 10 years old? You know what? However old question. they are when they start to show you, however old they are when they start to show you that they're slightly different from the rest. Yeah. Of the children. Oh, you saying like yeah. if I had a, a, a gay child? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I oh no, no, no! Like... Not even if you had a gay child, but let's just say even if you just a regular, yeah, child. regular child in a in a world where there's so many different kinds of people and they're being introduced this kind of information so early, it's like woo, because we got to talk to you about kids, this soon, <laughs> right? They will pose the question mm-hmm. because how it happened with me with one of my daughters mm-hmm. is that. 
she goes to a school and one of her best friends happens to be a gay boy. Mm -hmm. And he actually has like a kind of girlish name. So for years, I've been thinking this kid was a little girl. Mm -hmm. She tells me how he'd be deaf dropping in the middle of the hallways at school and everything. I'm definitely thinking he's a girl. Mm -hmm. It's a boy all the time. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. And he's really gay and his mom knows it. Wow, yeah. And she accepts it and she's okay with it. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. She's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's her child. But I just feel like he was taught that. Mm-hmm. Because the mom has a girlfriend. Ah, I see. So what what did your uh what did she ask you? Like why did she ask you like why are they different or she no, so she comes home and she's like why does and I don't even want to say this child's name. I can't. But yeah, no, no, we don't home, need to hear. <laughs> she comes home and she asks me, you know, why does he act like me, but he's a boy? Mm-hmm. Oh. They were in like about fourth grade then. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And she's like, How come he likes to wear his hair like me? He likes to do this, he mm. likes to do, you know. Certain things that were like her, oh, we have the same sneakers, you know, his are pink too. Wow. Why? Yeah. You know, because other boys are not like that. Mm-hmm. And I had to have that conversation when I was fourth grade. Wow. Oh, okay. I'm That's a, a tough um, conversation to have. I'm in front of the laptop and I'm going to just pull up each kind of different person and tell them, explain to them what this person is, what this person is, like that. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm well, keep it child open. One thing about my parents, they made sure that we were not we were sheltered, but not so sheltered that mm-hmm. we didn't know what was going on. Yeah, we were well informed. We just couldn't be out there doing we what every other well our friends was doing. Our, our parents were like, nah, you ain't about to be out there doing that bullshit. You got a career right now. Like when we were teenagers, we were touring the world and freaking singing with multimillionaire recording artists like that's what we were that's what our childhood existed of so at a very young age we were exposed to all kinds of people from all kinds of lifestyles and, and my father was the first person to say to watch out stay away from that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true my father is so raw like he's so real but and and and, and he was having conversations with us about sex at like you know the the eleven twelve year old age because our we had a friend as soon named, as we got to we had a friend who was twelve who got had a baby we were yeah. in the sixth grade and she was pregnant so it was like yeah. the conversation needed to be had but it was something that we innately knew it's like you just knew like you'd be watching movies with your parents and they'd be like cover your eyes <laughs> you <know>? yeah <laughs> like certain things like, like you that. know what this shit is yeah this like you can hear the sound you can hear the sound and shit, but they like cover your eyes. You know what I mean? And so, like, I remember, I, re- I remember even when I came out to my parents, like, came out with my sexuality. I was 16 and I was in, I'll never forget this. My father used to do this thing where he'd be like, come massage my feet for me and you can stay up extra hour yeah. to watch yeah. TV, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he'd be having You all... always did it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I like, shit, I'll come rub your feet so I can watch Jeff Comedy Jam because that nigga watch all the good shows. <laughs> His, you remember back in the day when parents, their TV had all 
every channel, all the good channels. <laughs> and the TV in the living room has select shit. channels. <laughs> we didn't have shit. And then I remember my mom tried my, my mom tried to get all clever and be like, you know what? Each one of y'all have one hour of TV per day because we would always fight over the remote control. And but uh my father was like, that's his negotiation. You want to stay up later, do them dishes, and then yeah, give me a foot rub and you can watch TV. So I'd be rubbing his feet, watching TV. But then one day, mm-hmm. there was, yeah, there's something. My father was like, yeah, man. The guy made a joke. And he was like, yeah. my father was like, yeah, that's right. you got to be a freak for your man. And then my mom, <laughs> my mom was like, ah, oh, Jay. She always was like, James. And so, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I'm not worried about that. And she was like, and she always had this freaking way of probing, saying, well, well what do you mean? Well, what do you mean when you say that? Like, she was always concerned. Well, would you try that? Yeah. So, well, tell me. Yeah, so she was like... Oh, remember how she used to clock our period? Yes, girl. Oh, my <laughs> God. Real talk. So, she was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, all I'm saying is I like girls, so I really don't even have to, like, go do all that. And then she was like... Yeah, but you were just an asshole. I know. I really was. I really was, though. So I was like, I like girls. So I don't have to worry about that. You guys don't have to worry about that. And then she's like, oh, my God, James, did you hear what he just said? She's like, he's like, she's just a little freaky. You know? <laughs> I was like, my father is crazy. Yes, he did. And, like, he would just say shit like that. And you know what? Because my father said that, like, I really didn't even put much thought into it. I didn't go start dating girls or nothing like that. I Like, I always, like, always flirting with girls and shit, but... I never had my experiences with a woman until I was a full-grown adult, like, in my early early 20s. I was 20. So I was already an adult, all my parents' house, you know, experiencing life on my own. But at that age, I think that because my dad put it into perspective, he was like, oh, you're a little open-minded. Okay. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I see. You're going to be all right in life. You know what I mean? Yeah, you didn't say shit. (laughs) Yeah, like, he just was like, but my mom was very, very like, oh, my God, we need to look into this and talk about it. And I think that because I had parents like that, I really got to see how the world was going to be. You know, I had one person who was like really conscientious of who, how I presented myself and what people were going to think. And I should be conscious of how I say things. And then my father just was like, listen, be who you are, but just know if you're going to be an asshole, there's going to be somebody who calls you out on it, and you better be able to defend yourself. <laughs> yeah. Period. Like, if you're going to talk shit, back it up. Don't be just a talker. And you know Do what it. I too want to say about this? Being, having, being with a... You, I, I, I do not, again, have anything against anybody in the LGBT community. Me neither. I love everyone in the neighborhood. But listen to me. I have been mm-hmm. fucked up by one of y'all. Like, I married. <laughs> like, for real, my husband, I was married to my husband. And oh, yeah, you're going to go there? Finding out that my husband liked transsexual men. Oh, yeah. And or drag Robin. queens. And even if they weren't, he just liked boys. And yeah, <laughs> I had to take a big sip for that. <laughs> I found that out via Facebook. Mm. Thanks, and Mark. I started noticing that by things that he liked and things that he looked at on Facebook. Because, you know, just look, oh, this person looked at this. 
And he was always looking at transsexuals' pages. Yeah. You know, like, I, it was just crazy. So I started getting nosy and looking. Mm-hmm. But one day, I got inboxed by one of these transsexuals telling mm-hmm. me they felt bad for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was so fucked up how I was loving on this man and being a wife. And they was fucking him. <sighs> then I hacked the Facebook. Mm. And I found everything. <laughs> Girl. And I posted all that shit on Facebook and everywhere else. And periodically from time to time, because I'm a bitter bitch, I still post it. <laughs> I'm upset. Because you could have ruined my fucking life Mm -hmm. by being a closet person. Fucker. Fucker. You're a closet fucker. You don't want people to know that that's what you do, but that's what you do. And basically, I was like his cover-up, and now somebody else's. Mm -hmm. And he has babies with two people who apparently the first person knew he was gay but was too ashamed to say anything. Mm. So she kept it to herself and, and today, fuck you, bitch. Oof. That's how mm. I feel about you. And then the mother and the sister and everybody knew that shit. So like the joke really was on me. Like the shit was horrible. Mm. It was a really fucked up feeling to to wake up to that. Mm. Not thinking that the person that you know, just and another thing with that is the person can never really love you for real. When they don't tell you who they are. Yeah. So very true. Mm. You know, you have to be open about some shit like that. There's too many diseases and other things going around out here. For you to be secretly fucking around, backdooring somebody while you're sleeping around. with, And the same thing for women. Absolutely. Absolutely. The same thing for you. Because, yeah, girls too. have a, a thing where they're like, oh, if it's with a girl, it doesn't count. Ha, 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 ha. Well, let me share no, something with the world. I, I once, I, I once I, I'll just say, I once dated a woman who was not as honest as she presented herself to be. And I got to experience all of her deception. And it was not a fun experience. And so... People need to protect themselves, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally. Don't be afraid to have those uncomfortable conversations on first dates and things. Shit, have a first date. Make it a lunch or you know, coffee. I'm the, queen. Like, I'm the queen of uncomfortable questions. When I met my spouse, <laughs> you know what? When I met my spouse, I met my spouse by while working on, we were working on set together. And then, like, I invited him to be a guest on a show that I was co-hosting at the time. And then... We, I said, you know, we had a conversation over the phone about, you know, what the episode would be about, whatever. But then I was like, you know what? You're pretty interesting. You want to go out for tea? And he was like, yeah. Nobody's ever asked me out for tea before, you know, let alone a girl. So we went out on a date. And it was in the daytime. It was before, like, 2 o'clock. Like, there were guidelines to the shit. And I feel like people need to have that. And, I, and, and on that time, it wasn't really a date date, per se. But... I, we were vibing so cool that I was asking him a lot of life philosophy questions, you know what I mean? And, and we were having a genuine conversation where there was no guard, you know, and we both were sharing. And I felt like, hmm, this person is like-minded. I think people need to have more of those conversations instead of being like, hmm, she got a fatty or, hmm, 
he got a, a nice car, so I'm sure he can pay for those payments. Like, there's more to men and women than what they can offer you in the moment. Like you said, lust being that that core. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? True. People just need to get it together and stop doing all this crazy shit that yep. they're doing out here. Black China sleeping with 18-year-olds. Church beating up on bitches. You know, the president taking food stamps away from people. Oh, my gosh. Yes, we have like four minutes left. Let's talk about that. People are in an uproar. But you know what? which people are? The white people. Yes. White people are more. Cole says that Caucasians are a little bit more upset about their food stamps being taken away than African-Americans. Yes, they are. You know why? Because food stamps originally was implemented for their white asses in the country. <laughs> and they fought to get it. Mm. And on top of that, they fought to keep it because they found it as a way to keep people, mm-hmm. specifically black people, stagnant. Yeah, by having, like, I think one of the conditions is that the black man, like, like the household, if it's African-American woman, she can't have the man in the house, right? Yeah. No, she, she, yeah. Basically, she has to be uh, codependent on them and only them. I don't even wow. know how these bitches live, you yeah. know, <laughs> just that. And not to say that I've never needed anything. But what I am saying is that it is not designed to keep you where you are. Certain parts of it are not. It's designed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the whole shit is a headache. Getting anything is a headache. Trust me mm-hmm. and believe me. So it's not designed to keep you with it. Mm-hmm. It's been abused over the years. And I do agree with him taking it away from the people that have fucking abused it. If you've had it for over 15 years and you've done nothing but stay in the same place, then bitch, give it up. Mm-hmm. You need to start back at square one and get your fucking priorities in order. Because there are people that actually need it, that actually don't want to be stuck and don't want to be that stereotype of a project bitch or a welfare recipient. Well, let's talk about what that looks like, why the stigma is so bad, right, and or good, because what all they're mad about is that because, like, Trump has a specific diet that they'll receive, like, they can no longer take their EBT card and go to KFC, like, they're going to get them specific box with certain foods and nutrients, right? So yeah, let's think about that. If you're really hurting, you. if you're all hurting all for food, though, for why would you, like, I think that it should be closed off to, like, I think it should only be able to be used in grocery stores like it was back in the day. Like, exactly. you shouldn't be or going to. paper food stamps. I was just thinking that, but I was like, girl, that's killing a lot of trees. I'm just, I'm like, I'm like, I just think that it should be, it should be conditional, right? In terms of how long they offer you the program for and how much they give you. And I think where you can spend the money should be conditional. You should only be able to use it in like stop and shop. Yeah, because I'm or, like, if you know you, what? You should probably only be able to use it in like a price, right? Or a savings. Like a grocery store. That. Yeah. Like a- yeah, because the food that they're going to sell you mm-hmm. anyway I mean, that they're going to give you in a ration box anyway, it's going to be all bad for you food. Yeah. Man. It's not going to be anything healthy. Ration box is going to be terrible. (laughs) You mean you ain't signing up to get your cereals, your Cheerios? People not going to be getting their boxes on time. They're going to be damaged. (laughs) Food is going to be spoiled. It's going to be terrible. Maybe the post office is going to be be all non-perishable. 
It's It'll a, be a box of non-perishable. And it's going to taste like and trash. And stops you from being able to Man. get meat. What is he going to do? Give out meat vouchers? Yeah, this is what crazy. we need to know. <laughs> then, like, the welfare system itself, like, my, like, I grew up on welfare. And my mom, like, when she, if she got a job, you would think they would leave you on welfare for, like, three or four months so you can catch up or, you know, yeah. get a little bit saved. Man, like, when they, when she had, um, the job they just snatched the rent went from three dollars to back to thirteen hundred. Damn, it's like, yeah. it's like they don't care. So it's like Man. designed to keep you in this circle of mm-hmm. just being stuck. It once you don't make any money because you'll have to tell us, and then your ass will be stuck. Every dollar and dime you make, you got to report it, and you know, which is you know transitioning into getting your own because. Everybody should have their own. Mm-hmm. But they make it hard. Mm-hmm. And they make it hard, but who do they really make it hard for? Let me tell you. I'm going to tell you, right? I sent some heartbroken shit earlier this morning on Facebook. There was this teacher, African-American woman, 37 years old, beautiful woman. I thought she was in her early 20s. That's how good she looked. But she was having a conversation. She said they, she was at a protest, and they're protesting the school that they work at, because she's like, you know what? I got two master's degrees and I'm making less than $20,000 a year. I just recently had to move back with my parents to put my daughter to college. And it's just unfair. She's like, it's so unfair. They pay us nothing. And then the jobs that are available aren't even available. And it was just so heartbreaking because it's like, She's someone who builds minds. She's like, listen, all I know is education. What am I supposed to do with these two master's degrees? And I can't get no work. She was like, and McDonald's is going to pay me more money and offer me some benefits. Like, how heartbreaking is that? And then you got people going into McDonald's, getting mad at the workers that are there and beating them up because they got an order wrong. The world is fucked up. But the And then another thing that so nobody, nobody ever puts in perspective that we were all not born with the same uh brain capacity mind drive yeah like yep. there's people out here that can't do what i can do there's people who ain't got the drive that i got exactly. and it's not that everybody's exactly. just everybody's not just lazy some people need help like god didn't make no, us everybody is not just lazy mm-hmm. but some people just are and i'm speaking about them all right what about <laughs> the, what about up in these uh the government just because they wear a suit they abuse money all the time Absolutely. they do everything yes, they do. nobody cares everybody I care. just downs people the poor people i care also abuse the funds that they give out and their ability and authority to give them out so they so. need stipulations and they need uh regulations on if they want to regulate somebody on welfare they need to regulate what they're doing because mm. my man just accountability Three three senators approved they homeboy to get a twenty two million dollar um uh what you call it a fund funding mm. for his little space project mm. and now and now it all came out because those three senators died damn twenty two million dollars and it was a black program nobody know about that's what we're doing mm. wow that's crazy so it's like to me I was like yo if you ain't gonna regulate the top I don't care about the bottom do what y'all want to do. I have to kind of low-key agree about that, like, when I think about how the countries ran, right? So America was created by the criminals that were ostracized from the old country, and they got permission from the queen to come out here, right? 
and set up. And then eventually, as they began to prosper, the queen was checking in. And so, like, the world was not created on morality. However, we have the standard of morality that we're called to live by. And they don't even enforce the things that they uphold to us, which is the same thing that the Bible talks about. It just talks about how the Jewish Pharisees would lord over the people. And they mm-hmm. weren't living according to the standards they were trying to hold up the people to. And that being acknowledged, we are in New Jerusalem, America, the New Babylon, the land that the book of Revelation talks about. Let's, get, let's go there for a, a split second. We're in that time. So mm-hmm. how do we navigate through this? Each week, our purpose here at Cannabis and Chardonnay is to unwind and give our opinions on things. We are entitled as human beings to talk about things that we, are con- that we find to be of a concern to us. We are entitled to that. We all can have a difference of opinion and still coexist, but we do have to be able to tolerate other people's opinions about things. And so that's what this whole show is about, essentially, is us coming together as people, sharing our thoughts, and really trying to get some answers that may spark someone to come up with some solutions if it's not us ourselves. But, like, I just think about the state of the world at hand, and I'm like, wow, we are living out a lot of the things that the Bible talks about. And so at the end of the day, I choose to believe in the human spirit and believe that if we could have these uncomfortable conversations, just maybe, just maybe, the world will change before our eyes in a good way. Facts. Facts. So join us, y'all, every Wednesday. We we record on Tuesdays. We'll be live on Facebook. Look up the group Cannabis and Chardonnay. It's a private group. So if you're into the culture, let us know, and we will gladly accept you. And you can join us there live on Tuesdays. But if not, Tune in to us on Apple iTunes, Cannabis and Chardonnay, as well as Anchor.fm. Download the app, subscribe, like, and share. If you want to know a little bit more about us, you can follow OutrageousThoughtsAndQuestions.com. Say hello to the people, Outrageous. Hey, hey, hey. And then also, if you're looking for some dope other podcasts and creative media and you need some help just manifesting your vision, you Reach out to Creative Bully Media. Creative, say hello to the people. Yo, yo, yo. How can they find you guys? Drop websites. You can find me on Facebook at Petty Politics or Dorothy Wadley. You can find me on Instagram at Miss dot underscore dot bring that back. And you can find me on Outrageous Thoughts and Comments dot com. Outrage, US thoughts and comments.com. And Creative Bully. You can find me, say Lewis Rowland. No, no, it's Flint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me, uh, type in Creative Bully Media at Creative Bully Media on Instagram. And the link in the bio will uh, assist you to everything about me and everywhere you need to go. And I got a message for the government. I still ain't forgot about the $2.3 trillion that just went missing on 9-11. Y'all gonna have to answer for that. I'm on your ass. Oh. Well, guess he's on your ass. (laughs) (laughs) So join us, y'all. We appreciate the support. And uh, 
If you have any questions, you can also record a message on the Anchor app. So go ahead, give us your claps because we love to see your claps. Subscribe and check us out every week. Have a blessed evening, everyone. Have a good night. Good night. Out. It's Chardonnay. <laughs> Waiting for my host. I think Creative's here. I think Dorothy's here. Hey, hey, hey. Listen to the mode. Listening to Hello. the new day. Hey, what happens if somebody calls you while you're on here? Huh? What happens if somebody calls you while you connected? You know, that's a good question. I've never had that happen. Not to me. <laughs> I've never had that happen. I'm on Facebook Live in our private group getting on for the people. How you girl? How I'm like, how are you girl guys? How's your week going? I just had a little situation. My whole week has been a hectic one and it's only Tuesday. Oh how are you guys? Great. Great. That's so one worded. <laughs> Great. Why is your week great? Amen. Because you know, black people were becoming casualties these days for apparently no reason. Absolutely yep. no reason. And that is what we plan on addressing today, amongst other things. Hi, Facebook Live people. I'm inside of our private group, so the whole world can't see this. But if you're here, you know, populating, roll up, pour up. I have a whole bottle of Chardonnay. Of course you do. (laughs) Well, I have so much to say. I have so much to say. It's not even funny. Literally, I just got out of an Uber ride. And it was not a good Uber ride. Do you want to know why my Uber ride was not good? Why wasn't it? Because I had two Uber drivers. One in the passenger seat and one in the driver's seat. Oh, that's not supposed to happen. And that's what I said. I said, excuse me. Um, is this normal? You know, it's like at first I didn't notice it because I was in an Uber pool and I had another person there with me. You know what I mean? Um, so I wasn't tripping and I always get into the Uber with my headphones on because I don't want to talk to nobody. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, uh, just won't have to get weird, you know? So I got in and I said thank you because she found me and you know sat down. Sorry, just popping this bottle. She sat down. Ooh, I was about to pour my wine in my weed jar. That wouldn't have been good. Mm. But anyhow, so once the other girl left and the things just kind of got, I don't know, the energy in the car shifted. To <laughs> it. And so when I noticed, she said, okay, and now we're going to, and she said my address. And I said, well, where's he going? When's his stop? <laughs> <laughs> and she what? said, oh, no, this is my cousin. And I was thinking to myself, like, since when can you do that? So I said it out loud. Since when can you do that? She said, well, I told you I was training my cousin. I said, I was. You don't fucking train nobody for Uber. That's what I did. Girl, listen. (laughs) Listen. Listen. Girl. Listen. I said the same thing to her. She didn't want to listen to me. She even tried to argue with me just a little bit. But I was on camera at that point because I put my, my phone on. And baby, let me tell you. Oh my gosh. Mm. Ah, I needed that drink. So, anyhow, as she continued to drive and I had shit low key, she was like, man, well, I can drop you off right here. No, you can't. Because Uber takes out the rate first. Right. This was, lit. <laughs> this was 
was Lyft. I'd be like, fine, no problem. But Uber took my money already, bitch. You're driving me as close as I want you to be. And I told her that. I said, listen, you're driving me, and I'm, you're not going to make it to my house. She's like, yes, because that's where the app says I'm dropping you off. I said, okay. And I let the people know we were about a block away from, you know, my house. And then when we got to the stoplight, I jumped out. Right. <laughs> she said, I said, man, can you please unlock the door? She said, we're at a stoplight. I said, I don't care. No. <laughs> Get me out of here. And so I did. I got out of there. I jumped out. And then I proceeded to take some pictures of our vehicle. You know what I mean? But I just was like, I can't believe this. Uber, I want my $5. No, $6. I don't care. I work hard. Damn it. And this shit need... like that, that like, and this shit, no, like, seriously, like, it's shit like that, that lets like... me know I can't work for nobody. I know. I'm telling you. <sighs> People. So I lived. I survived. You know what I mean? But I was scared. I really was. Because I had a situation that started off like that that didn't end too well. And so I just tend to be very, very cautious. So now I have a question for Uber. Mm-hmm. Where did you bitches start letting people trade, motherfuckers? They didn't. They didn't. <laughs> I, I'm That's absolutely positive. I'm absolutely positive that they didn't. But, but I'll rate this. Peep this. She hit me with the, I told you when you first got in the car. No, you didn't. Because I was like, why didn't you tell me this? But I'm not going to waste any more time on her. Bitch, you didn't tell me that when I got in the car. I wouldn't have got in. That's what I said. I'm like, I wouldn't have got in. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I never even heard of no shit like this. Me either. <laughs> like, are you kidding me over here? Like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. So anyhow. Even Fuck Valerie it, you might as well train the oh motherfucker. Valerie just dropped the motherfucker. My orchid Valerie. She's been living for like three, four months, and she just dropped a pedal. See, even Valerie said that's some bullshit and dropped the pedal. Oh, shit. I know, Valerie. I call my orchid Valerie because she's beautiful like my mother. You dropped the pedal. Yeah. You caught that, right? Creative. Yeah. (laughs) You caught what what happened? I missed it. What'd you say? Let's get into the show. Okay, so let's get into this. So, so much has been happening this week. Um, From last Wednesday to this Tuesday, there have been a plethora of things that I've been holding my tongue on and just really waiting to get it in with you all. So, that being said, tonight's agenda, we are going to talk about what the hell is going on in the black church. Listen. Listen to me. The (laughs) black church... Or the black church. <laughs> we're going to get into that. So we're going to talk about what's really going on in the black church. Then after that, we're going to talk about black lives matter. Like, will they ever matter black lives? Because in this week alone, I've seen three different reports. One on a young man who was killed in his backyard. Another for a mentally Ill, a mental health patient who was on the freeway. You know, and then the third one was, of course, we all knew Elton Sterling's uh, killer is not going to be prosecuted. So I'm just starting to ask my question. I think they need to change the Black Lives Matter movement to will black lives ever matter in America? Because that's what we're dealing with, folks. And then after we talk about that, 
we're gonna address how the LGBT is fucking up our kids. Yeah. <laughs> and how our president wants to take away white people's food stamps. Yeah. And, and I mean, white people are not happy with that. And they are not happy about it. No, so let's get in. I want to start with Aubrey Stevenson, okay? How many people know who T.D. Jakes is? I do. Mm-hmm. Let the church say. Amen. How many, how many people know who the house is? I learned today. That's T.D. Jakes's. That's uh, his church. That's his church. And the church that we're talking about tonight is literally his home church because, you know, he owns a few franchises around the planet. So mm. today we're going to talk about Aubrey, I'm sorry, Audrey Stevenson and how she exposed the Potter's house. So the story is as goes, people. Audrey serves on the church team. When you serve on the church team, you're going to make enemies naturally, right? Well, one of her enemies happens to be the head church administrator, and she sat her down. Her argument was, you're not supposed to be up there. Audrey's argument was, well, first lady said we're going to meet about it. The lady in question says, listen, I don't care right now. No. A gentleman by the name of Brandon, and the only reason why I know his name, because she kept saying, Brandon, no! Brandon, no! <laughs> to make in front you know i don't mean to make jest of it but it was kind of like dang brandon let her go (laughs) (laughs) so that being said the guy brandon ends up body slamming her all of this is caught on camera and all hell breaks loose the police and start to take her and the police officer says to her, she says, ma'am, why are you detaining me? And the officer said, I don't know. I'm trying to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could make this up. This is on the tape. Oh, gosh. The reason why this is a problem <clears throat> is because before things got heated, the young lady said, you know what? I'm just going to leave. Let me go. <clears throat> they proceeded to put a, bar- a barricade around the door, not letting her out. So she wasn't able to get out. And she was, you know, eventually assaulted. So let's get into this. Some people are saying she was out of line. Other people are saying the part of house entertains demonic entities. Let's argue. Let's get into it. When's the last time one of y'all been to a church? Um, the last time I went to a church was um, it was a couple years ago. I was going to this uh, Spanish church. Hey. And, um, what had, what what made me feel some kind of way? That's how we say it okay. these days. Some kind of way. Yes. Was um they was raising money for what was they raising money for? Oh, like they was raising money to um build a new facility and they was raising money to like uh send some kids on a mission in Africa or something. So everything felt heartfelt. Mm-hmm. So after ten minutes of taking up offerings for these uh missions <laughs> He said ten minutes. Ten minutes, then you turn around. And say and start bragging about all these new things you got going on on the side. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. This is a see- Spanish church. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm like, you just took everybody's money for saying you need it for these situations right here. But over here on the side, you're about these couple new buildings you got to do extra things on the side. I'm like, wait a minute. That just didn't sit right with me. But everybody else in the church, you know, like some. Some people are just like brainwashed. Hey, whatever they say, they follow. 
Very true. And I had to get up out of there. I had to get up out of there. For the Spanish church, though, have you ever had an experience? I mean, naturally, you have. You're, you live in Florida. You're African-American. So I know you've had experiences with the black church. Oh, yeah. I grew up in a black church. Mm. Yeah, I grew up a heathen. <laughs> you know what? Nah, just kidding. We didn't go to church because my father said the church is full of hypocrites. I went to church because... Well, your mother did because your mother... (laughs) This is my sister. And we did grow up in the same house, by the way. Our father was was on some other stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Um, My father was a hoe. I mean, a good guy. (laughs) We're months apart because our father was doing his thing. He was young. But the one thing he didn't tolerate was baby mama drama. And so he always had relationships in terms of being cordial enough, you know, to have us see each other on a consistent basis. And our moms would keep each other. And, you know, Outrageous's mom was, you know, she was very, very faith-centered. You know, they grew up in that. Even my mother, my birth mother, her family was faith-centered. My father was faith-centered too, but just in a different way. He used to say, have faith, God is in your heart. But them people at the church, I'm not fucking with it. And he would just say it just that plain. Um, and, 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 you know, I've had my own experience with the church and even serving in leadership. And it can get a little high school. You feel what I'm saying? And like, yeah. Every, think- as everything can, the church has. The church actually is a whole, you know, hospital for sinners. Yeah. <laughs> we have to keep this in mind. Mm-hmm. So all the things that are going on in there, we would almost have to expect because everybody in there just came from the club. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's true, but what should we have standards for leadership? Because why the story really bothered me was because it was completely mishandled <clears throat> from the gate. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was completely mishandled. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, where are the rules and why aren't they being enforced? Which is why I feel like maybe I was a little emotionally stirred up today with Ubers because I'm like, yo, there has to be rules for this shit, right? And, and the young lady's thing was like, ma'am, the young lady kept saying, ma'am, ma'am. She said, stop calling me ma'am. She said, well, you're older than me and I don't know what else to say. I'm <laughs> and she kept saying that. She's like, ma'am, ma'am, I'm just trying to respect you. We're in the house of the Lord. I don't care. Stop calling me ma'am. I would have said, well, bitch. What the fuck? And then after <laughs> I die. You see, and after the church burned down. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I think that the young lady handled it. I say all this to say, I'm making just of it, but it's really. I think she handled it accordingly. She felt disrespected. She said what she had to say, but here's where my problem is. And I don't know if anyone else has an issue with this, but who the fuck told anybody in the clergy, on the board, or wherever the fuck from the church? That they could barricade a door and try yeah. to keep someone inside. They're mm. lucky she didn't move everything in that motherfucker around trying yes. to get the fuck up out of there. Church exactly. or no church. Because if it was me, I'd have moved some shit around at church. There would have been some pews moved. There'd have been a pulpit <laughs> the fuck over. There'd have been a wig on the fucking floor. A church crown rock. I'm trying to tell you now. Uh, and you know that's the truth, though. And what's even crazier about this story, it's just like anything. When it's a group of people 
Why is there never a person? Why is there never one per- at least one person in a situation with enough balls to stand up and say, this ain't right? Yes. Yo, cut exactly. this out. Yes. Everybody just stands there and lets it go on. And That's I don't- what the beast were supposed to be for, but she failed. Yeah, like Brandon, Brandon, Brandon was the aggressor. Mm-hmm. She uh, was it the house mother. That's what they called her. They called her house mother, but she was the uh, church administrator. Same difference, but uh, she just was making the world know I am not a ma'am. I am the church administrator. She's yeah, her. Man. It was like she I think it was a like, rude old bitch. Yeah, I think it was three <laughs> of them in there, right? Three of them with the little Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry, creative. Please get your point out because I do want to hear it. I'm sorry. I think it was what three of them in there and the lady sitting down in the chair, right? Mm-hmm. So, all I'm saying, even the cop, the cop was like, she was like, uh uh-uh, I ain't trying to lose my membership. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you like, know what? what? The whole <laughs> shit was the episode of Greenleaf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah's about to get ratings this weekend. Yes, she like, is. I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> no. T.D. Jakes is going <laughs> to preach about it on Sunday. He ain't going to say shit about it till Sunday. <laughs> and, and then it was just pretty much the reason why, I think the reason why the lady couldn't be on stage, they were just being petty. Ain't no reason why she yeah. couldn't be on stage. She exactly. wasn't up there twerking. Exactly. But peep the backstory. There's another YouTube video out <clears throat> with the girl herself giving her account of everything. And her mother comes on there. And her mother was like, the girl was just trying to focus on what happened that day. But the mama came on and just spilt tea on everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, in 2014, I started going to the potter's house. And my daughter was into drugs. And oh, she was doing wrong. Women now are loose. <laughs> she's done so good. She's been serving in the Lord. She ain't on drugs no more. She ain't running the streets. And now the, the same people that helped build her up tore down. And that is when I felt some kind of way inside. I felt the hurt and the pain, and it didn't become just a joke anymore to me. I was like, you know what? What is the church for and what is the church not for? And I think it speaks to exactly what you said, Ari, as you said, the church is basically a hospital and everybody's sick. But even hospitals have doctors that are licensed surgeons, you know what I'm saying, and know how to heal. So when do we start holding the leaders of the church accountable? I mean, let's take, you know, the cussing pastor Thaddeus. His latest debauchery is him in the strip club holding on to an Instagram model or something like that. I said in the I mean, well, what did they, well, come on now. Now, let's see. Uh, all I'm going to say about that is what the fuck did they expect? He's cussing. <laughs> you know, His whole sermon's about cussing. He talks about bitches, hoes, gay pastors, gay leaders. Did you see that link? And they shocked show? that he was watching somebody pop their pussy. I can't. Exactly. <laughs> That's what he said, and we quote him. He was like, listen, and he's MF this, MF that. And my whole question is, is how are we supposed to look up to the leaders in the church where you have very extremes? Like, is there a balance? Should we even be looking to the leaders of church? Should we be nurturing our own spiritual relationship, reading the word for ourselves? Of course, that's what you should be doing, because... These are rhetorical, no. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you feel like people should... Do you think more people should take responsibility for their spiritual health and their spiritual growth? And when is it time to leave 
a place that may be toxic to both of those things. Well, was that rhetorical too, or? <laughs> right, I'm scared. Just all of us. At one point in time, I was going to church a lot, and I was serving. And it was at a time in my life where I feel like I needed that, where God was really introducing myself, like, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Ooh. Uh, Okay, sorry, I'm corny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that season of my life, I was young, and I dived in, and the things and the fundamentals I learned, I still use to nurture my own spiritual relationship with God through Christ. But I don't like church politics, and a lot of the reasons why I left was because of that stuff. You know what I mean? So... I kind of feel like I stepped out because I didn't like what was going on and I didn't want to start becoming a part of the problem because eventually it started becoming like a popularity contest, like hanging out. Oh, you got to hang out with the pastor at the pastor's house. Oh, when you call the pastor, he answers your call. He should answer everybody's fucking No, but he does. Pastor. That's the whole thing. We were You're talking about people who are really needy. And, and having a crutch on the church, like depending on the church for everything. So I'm just saying, like, when is it healthy and unhealthy to have a dependency on the church? Should we have a dependency on the church? No, we should not have a dependency on the church. Then what is it there for? The church. You know what? If we should, I don't go to the church. This is, what is the, this is what I mean. People have made over the years have made the church out to be something that it's not yes the church is supposed to be there to build the community the word is supposed to be spread but at the end of it all is supposed to equal all out to something good yeah and all the church does whenever the church is big enough whenever it's big enough there's always conspiracy there's always problem there's never really any resolve and people are always there's always sides. There's always there's always going to be that divide because everybody thinks they're better than somebody in the <laughs> church. That's true. Everybody's oh, in there. It's a it, you know everybody's putting on their best clothes. This is the the stereotype that the church has built for itself. Yep. And mm. this is the black church. White people go to church for about twenty minutes. Forty <laughs> five. Because I go to a nice church, my pastor's white, and we're in service for about one hour max. You know, and this is my point. Spread the word, and you're still getting that same word, right? Yep. And it didn't make you feel any different who gave it to you. But what I don't want to do when I go to church is hear about everything that needs to be done somewhere else. How much I need to give that I don't have. Mm Mm-hmm. And how if I give it, I will be blessed because I'm already going to get blessed. I'm supposed to anyway. It's like free. Yeah. So I don't agree with this. I do agree with Taj. You know, that's my own personal thing. But offering is like, what are we paying offering for? Because I know my church still doesn't have central air. And Mm. since I was 15, we've been raising money for central air. (laughs) (laughs) Now one big one big difference though, in a, a white church and black church is the uh, <laughs> the choir music, yo. Yeah. Like I can't. 
the white people gotta step it up. No, I've been to some churches though. It just depends on musical taste. I've been to some churches where the white music is on point. And I'm sorry to say white music. I just say alternative music. <laughs> no, we're gonna say gospel. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's music, but he's right. There is a musical difference. There definitely, definitely is a musical difference, hands down. Um, I see Their more- gospel is different than ours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, clearly. I mean, I just think when someone's touched by God. You're going to feel God regardless. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. No matter what their nationality is. Because I really have been blessed to experience different worship leaders with different styles and nationalities. And yeah, because they all- I don't know what they're saying when they praise God in Asia. Yeah. I wouldn't know. They're singing something. I don't, I don't know what that is that they're saying, but it sounds great. Speaking of God, I think it's time that we talk about the state of America right now. <clears throat> we got Caucasian kids shooting up schools, being deemed mentally ill, but we have mentally ill black women being shot straight in the head after a discussion was previously made on how to not fatally harm this woman because after searching her name, they learned that she has, you know, she's in the system, she sees a therapist some milk to illness, and she has suicidal thoughts. All of this is played in, in the video. Mm-hmm. We have white people who are being deemed mentally ill in America for blowing up targeted places that had minorities making home bombs. I don't understand what the state of America is, but the one thing I do understand is that there is a specific attack on minorities and even more specific on black people in America. When are we going to start caring? And and when are we going to stop becoming more than a freaking hashtag? Let's talk about it. Yeah, I I feel some way about this too. And uh, but I have a lot of different views on this. I Me too. I feel like everyone is first of all I want people to stop using every situation with the police and yeah. somebody black as you know a police fatality against black people I, because we have to think about the stereotypes that we're living up to as well and why certain people are targeted as well not to say that the lives that they did take carelessly and that they're not being they're not being held accounted for is okay. That's not okay. And those lives did matter. And and yes, black lives do. But I'm I'm tired tired of everyone using this as an excuse mm-hmm. when something goes wrong with their child. Yes, I wanna I wanna address that because I too agree that we have to look at these circumstances that are taking place when the fatalities happen. The circumstance is this individual is doing something criminalistic sometime. You know, um, sometimes they're doing something criminalistic that attracts the police to them, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's not. You know what I mean? And it's like, I always try to optimistically look at the circumstance from an indifferent point of view. For the lack of a better term right now, I'll use the word indifferent because I'm not personally attached to it, but I am. And I don't care in or not care because I understand how the media works. They give you one portion of 
a side of a story. And then every other outlet takes that and they all manipulate it and, and, and say basically the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, and the same facts are being circulated, but the fact has not even been presented. And then you find out later some other stuff. So it's like, dude, I just think accountability for our authorities should be enforced. Yes, it should. Because at this rate, they're feeling like no matter what they do, they're going to get away with it because yep. they're protected by the shield. Yep. In any instance, they could be dead wrong. I mean, it's rare that you see cops. It's every how many years that you see cops actually get punished for their crimes. And then they're on counts of other things, not actually taking a life, a black life. Yep. It's for like participating in a drug cartel. Drug smuggling, gun smuggling, never for killing innocent people, never for killing little black boys. Yep. What do you? That's not worth locking them up. Taking a life is not worth locking them up. Sorry about that, outrageous. But I'm curious from a male point of view, what do you think, creative? Because as a black male, how has all of this stuff that happens in the country changed your dynamic in terms of when you go out about in your life? How do you? How has this affected you personally? Um, I just feel like we're never going to get anywhere. It's like we're just running in circles because we have no leaders. And even if we did have leaders, you know how the meme culture, everything's... If Martin yep. Luther King was alive right now, they'd be calling him the old nigga. Yeah. So it's yeah. like everybody just want to turn up and party. And then when somebody dies, it's an issue for a couple of weeks and then we back to, to the crap. And it's like nobody, like most, like rap is so big and huge and people look up to these rappers. They don't care. Like not the rappers don't care. They just throwing money on Instagram and the kids look up to that and they follow, yep. they, they want to be like them. So it's like until we fix ourselves, like we can't even get a Black Friday boycott going. Without people talking about, no. you crazy. They, they got them TVs for 200 I ain't doing exactly. all that. Talk about that. Lines around corners for sneakers, but you don't even have financial literacy to say Exactly. Up. Like, we had the Black Panthers. They was doing stuff for the community, had after-school programs. We don't have nothing like that. We don't, there is nothing. The school systems are steady losing money. I just don't, I don't understand it. That's, I don't, that's because the country's broke, but that's a topic for another. <laughs> the country is broke, but we have millionaire entertainers. Who should be putting that money back into the country where, and that's not the country, their communities. Yeah. Because they all come from somewhere. Almost every celebrity came from being broke. Mm -hmm. and Black or white. Do stuff for people, or Hispanic or whatever they are. I know. But when you say, like, let's say you say the entertainers put money, um, do more programs and stuff in the community, people, first thing people say, why you counting their money? Uh, they do what they want with their money. So black people for argue about that. We can't even come to a, we can't come to a resolution on anything, really. That's because we've already been brainwashed ever since. But let's talk ever about since We've already been brainwashed to be against each other ever since. Just going, that's rooting back into slavery. Yeah. Back to the house, nigga. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Like, let's talk about how we don't support one another as a culture, but we'll go to bat for someone else 
very we already started being in competition with one another from the start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we even had a chance. Before that's why we were brought over here into that. Mm-hmm. You no. Know, being raised and grown into that here, but other black people are not like the American black person. You yep. have to look at that because if you look at Africans, you look at Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, they all come and build something together, but they all support each other no matter what. Yep. You can see three Hispanics, three different Hispanics. They all they all from a different island, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, El Salvador, but they all speak Spanish. They don't know each other at all, but you nope. fuck with one of them at the bus stop. They'll fuck you up. Pretty much. Pretty much. They don't even know each other. They'll support each other's store. One of them walking by, they see the other one selling food. They're not hungry, but they're going to buy it anyways. Mm-hmm. We're not doing that. Black people are not doing that. True. So I that's that's why I feel like there's so many like issues and topics that we can go on with this. It's like we need resolve. We don't need more talking points. We need resolve. And then another thing is we're so busy, black people in every community and in every walk of life, whether we have money or we don't, and, and we'll even go with the middle class, upper class, lower class, we'll even get into that, but then this is how we'll jump into this. Mm-hmm. We're all fighting each other. Meanwhile, they're fighting for gay marriage. Dude, like, I'm so glad you segued into this because the LGP, the I'm sorry, <laughs> the LGBT community is less than a percent of the population. Did you know that? Less than 1%? Yep, of the population. Of the human population, less than one percent of people are homosexual. Oh wow! That's accounted for. However, they're the most influential group right now on the planet. Yes, they are. Mm. And you know what? Everything that they want, they get. Let's now, talk I'm not about saying this because I have dabbled. I've had relationships with women, and I've have and I have friendships with homosexuals and I've met, I do too. I've met transgenders that have allowed me into their world to really understand and I know a drag mm-hmm. queen who's a hell of a server and I love going to see him every Saturday when I eat my sushi but part of me feels like there's a bit of mental illness in that because I've struggled with it myself and I've identified it as mental illness at one point in time but I don't I, I don't feel like we have the right to police people or judge them based on their sexuality. I feel like everybody's entitled to their own privacy. I just have a problem when it's just put everywhere and they're like, listen, you're going to, going to accept this. And then on top of that, we're going to compare this to civil rights, the black, the black experience. I have a problem no. with that. No, no, and no. And what I don't like is how everything when it has to do with them is a sensitive issue or a sensitive subject or something that can't be discussed or you have to worry. You can't, I'm not walking on eggshells for anyone. I, again, I have family members that are homosexual. I have friends that are homosexual. 
and transgender and all of these things. But at the end of the day, the point still remains that it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And you cannot fight for rights for something that is wrong. It's shunned and it's looked down upon because it is wrong at the end of the day. No, I'm not knocking you for what you're doing. And I accept you for, you know, who you are and what you're doing. But you're going straight to hell. And I'm not mad at you for that. I still love you while you're here, but we just on two different on two different wavelengths. But I still respect you the same. But at the end of the day, you need to know that I know and feel that this is wrong. And it shouldn't be splattered all over the TV for our children to not decide that living the right way is okay. No, it's so you're gonna have those let them decide for themselves what they're gonna grow up to be. Not seven year olds are watching other seven year olds wear pink fucking bandanas and play with Barbie dolls on television. As a parent, because you're a parent, I'm not yet. I can understand how you feel because you have to deal with your child coming home with some questions and explaining things that you may not feel it's time to have those conversations. You know what I mean? Um, I want to play devil's advocate for a bit why is it wrong why is it wrong to be a homosexual it's wrong to be a homosexual because it's ungodly to be a homosexual but it's not the way of the world period how many gay animals do you see roaming around the planet I've not seen any okay because it's unnatural I've seen natural things are supposed to be going on in life but Again, this and I, this goes back into the church. You're not supposed to. Men are not supposed to sleep with men. Women are not supposed to sleep with women because we can't reproduce together. You and I can't reproduce together. You are supposed to live, be fruitful, and multiply. Yeah. This is the way of life. This is how everything operates. And the reason why the gay community is so influential right now and their numbers are so small is because that's the devil. But what about if I fall in love with someone of the same sex and and, and I'm just in love? love you know what? Bad. Then you're in love with them and I'm going to support it and I'm going to love you the same and I'm not going to treat you any different or them. And we're going to be one big happy family, but it's still wrong. I still believe you could be born gay. You can be born gay. It's what still does wrong. that mean when you say be born gay? What does that mean? Growing up, I knew two dudes that was gay when I was like 11. And they're gay now. But we, Everybody knew they was gay. Before well, gay was even a thing. I, gay is a sickness. But how do you know they were born that way? Because they were switching when they was toddlers. <laughs> But do you I think can't. that they were born that way because they've been fucking with our food and exposing us to chemicals and things like that, and that fucks up the reproductive situation? So that's why they're born that way, but not because God made a mistake and wanted them to be confused about their sexuality? I believe it's the spirit. The spirit of lust. Mm, that's an interesting perspective. Elaborate. And they feel different things about different things. And, and what's right that they, that's just like a, being a teenager, right? Mm-hmm. Your hormones are out of control for boys and girls. Probably a little bit worse for boys. They masturbate and shit. 
but they would not feel comfortable telling anyone that or doing it around other boys. But now, whereas a long time ago, you wouldn't know that they were that a, a, a boy was gay. Yeah. You wouldn't have known this. He would be trying to hide it and cover it up as to where now they're not. Mm-hmm. They're out in the open with it. It's okay for everybody to know it. But it's it's just the it, it's embedded in them. They're seeing it now. Yeah. I, I want to sp- I have to speak on it now because I'm just in it right now. It's being embedded in them now. It's what they're seeing. It's the spirit. Mm-hmm. It's an evil spirit. It's all over the place. Yeah. They're putting it on the TV. It's on billboards. It's in books. It's in their video games, even. Yeah. It's in their cartoons, even. Mm-hmm. It's in toddler cartoons, even. Yeah. Yeah. It's being embedded in them right now that this is okay. Mm. That this is the thing to do. So now they got whole shows about it, like whole teen soap operas Mm -hmm. about this. Wow. Teen soap operas about it? Yes, Degrassi. Oh, yeah, Degrassi's been on forever. Yeah, girl. Didn't Drake play gay in that show? No, he wasn't gay. He was was paralyzed. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Drake. I I, I didn't know because I don't watch Degrassi, but I don't know. Like, I know that there was some type of a controversial... Think character he played, so he was paralyzed. He was in a wheelchair. He got shot. So we live in a society where homosexuality exists. It's not going anywhere. So how do we deal with this? To enough to respect other people, and see, there's really no way to do it without them getting all equal rights and they're gay bashing me. Yeah. Or they're teaching kids to be hateful yeah. or discriminate against gays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this shit is wrong. They should not have made these things okay. It's not all right to raise your kid in the house with two dads. Because you're automatically confusing them. Mm-hmm. They don't have a chance at that rate. Mm-hmm. The same as if it's two mothers. This is not. This is not ideal. Mm-hmm. It's more ideal to be single, to see one mother in the house, or one father and one parent. Yeah. I can understand that perspective. I can understand it. So the right way for us to introduce homosexuality, homosexuality into our society and even transgenders into our society and and to our children would be parents. You have to take the lead on this one. You have to really discern when the right time is to have this conversation. If you're going to make it a spiritual conversation or if you're going to make it a scientific conversation, yeah, the way the world is going, you're going to have to know your stance on a lot of things because everything starts in the home. People are developed and they become who they are based on who their parents cultivated them to be or did not cultivate them to be. And so if we're going to all coexist, then we need to have the uncomfortable conversations and we need to start equipping our children with our beliefs and building the kind of citizens God is leading us to build, you know, because ultimately I believe that parent is responsible for their child and their child's future. And nobody has the right to 
say otherwise. Unless they are putting food in their, that person's kid's mouth. They're trying to take care of them and not just throw them back into the system, into foster care, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, parents have to just step up. And when I become a parent, trust me, I've already been having these kind of conversations with my spouse about, you know, what we believe. Do we believe the same things? Thankfully, we do. You know, what we believe about child rearing, you know, he has this mindset of, I want to be a co-parent, stay-at-home co-parent. He doesn't want to be in the workforce, you know, so he spearheaded his own commute, his own career, and he's an entrepreneur, and he cultivates that. And so when the time is right, we have a birth plan, all that. We have a whole strategy of prudence, you know, to, of how we want to introduce our children. And, and having these uncomfortable conversations are, are, are things that are going to be necessary. Well, as a parent with teenagers, mm -hmm. this is very difficult mm. because I have all teenage girls mm -hmm. and, and we live in a place where, you know, female gay or bisexuality is not looked upon as badly as it is for males. Mm -hmm. and with my daughters I just tell them that I don't care what you do yeah you know I'm still gonna don't don't be ashamed to tell me what you're doing yeah or you know what's going on with you because I'm still gonna love you the same no matter what it is exactly just tell just tell me the truth because I don't want to be in the dark about anything that's going on with you because then you're not feeling like we have a bond or a relationship. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I do have to say for people. Like if that is the, when you have a child, if that is the way that they go, yeah, being a mother and loving my kids the way that I do, I'm going to accept anything that they do or want to do no matter what it is. And if that happens to be the thing that it is, I will. But I would also let them know my opinion on mm -hmm. what they're doing while I'm rooting for them at, you know, at the same time. But yeah, I don't know how I would feel if I had a gay son. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't know if I would still feel this way or be as open. I don't know if I would be, you know, reading bitches with my boy. I don't know. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I feel the same way. So how do you feel about child rearing and the conversation you're going to have with your future, future, future children, creative? What's that conversation going to look like with you? I gave my stance on it. What's your stance on having that conversation with your kids? You're about the world about... we live in. The world we live in being like we have all kinds of people, you know, transgendered, homosexual, straight, you know, and how how and when do you feel is the right time to have that conversation with your kid? And are you prepared to have that conversation with your kid? When they like how how old is this conversation? Like ten years old? You know what? However old question. they are when they start to show you however old they are when they start to show you that they're slightly different from the rest yeah. of the children. Oh, you saying like yeah. if I had a, a, a gay child? Yes. yes. 
Oh, I oh no, no, no. Like... Not even if you had a gay child, but let's just say... Even if you just a regular yeah, child. Yeah, a regular child in a, in a world where there's so many different kinds of people and they're being introduced this kind of information so early. It's like, woo, because we got to talk to you about this kids, soon. Right. <laughs> they will pose the question mm-hmm. because how it happened with me with one of my daughters mm-hmm. is that she goes to a school and one of her best friends happens to be a gay boy. Mm-hmm. And he actually has like a kind of girlish name. So for years, I've been thinking this kid was a little girl. Mm-hmm. She tells me how he'd be deaf dropping in the middle of the hallways at school and everything. I'm definitely thinking he's a girl. Mm-hmm. It's a boy all the time. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. And he's really gay and his mom knows it. Wow, yeah. And she accepts it and she's okay with it. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. She's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's her child. But I just feel like he was taught that. Mm-hmm. Because the mom has a girlfriend. Ah, I see. So what what did your uh what did she ask you? Like why did she ask you like why are they different or she no, so she comes home and she's like why does and I don't even want to say this child's name. I can't. But yeah, no, no, we don't home, need to hear. <laughs> she comes home and she asks me, you know, why does he act like me, but he's a boy? Mm-hmm. Oh. They were in like about fourth grade then. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And she's like, How come he likes to wear his hair like me? He likes to do this, he likes mm. to do, you know. Certain things that were like her, oh, we have the same sneakers, you know, his are pink too. Wow. Why? Yeah. You know, because other boys are not like that. Mm-hmm. And I had to have that conversation when I was fourth grade. Wow. Oh, okay. I'm That's a, a tough um, conversation to have. I'm in front of the laptop and I'm going to just pull up each kind of different person and tell them, explain to them what this person is, what this person is, like that. Mm hmm. That's how well, keep your child open. One thing about my parents, they made sure that we were not, we were sheltered, but not so sheltered that mm-hmm. we didn't know what was going on. Yeah, we were well informed. We just couldn't be out there doing we what every other well our friends was informed. doing. Our, our parents were like, nah, you ain't about to be out there doing that bullshit. You got a career right now. Like, when we were teenagers, we were touring the world and freaking singing with multimillionaire recording artists. Like, that's what we were, that's what our childhood existed of. So at a very young age, we were exposed to all kinds of people from all kinds of lifestyles. And, and my father was the first person to say, Don't watch out, stay away from that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. My father is so raw, like he's so real, but and 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 he was having conversations with us about sex at like you know, the, the 11, 12-year-old age, because we had a friend as cool named, as we, got to, we had a friend who was 12 who got had a baby. We were yeah. in the sixth grade, and she was pregnant. So it was like, yeah. the conversation needed to be had, but it was something that we innately knew. It's like, you just knew, like, you'd be watching movies with your parents, and they'd be like, cover your eyes. <laughs> you <know? Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, certain things like, like you that. Know what this shit is. Yeah, this like, you can hear the sound. You can hear the sound and shit, but they're like, cover your eyes. You know what I mean? And so, like, I remember, I, re- I remember even when I came out to my parents, like came out with my sexuality. I was 16 and I was in, I'll never forget this. My father used to do this thing where he'd be like, come massage my feet for me and you can stay up 
extra hour yeah. to watch yeah. TV, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he'd be having You a... always did it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I like, shit, I'll come rub your feet so I can watch Jeff Comedy Jam because that nigga watch all the game shows. His... You remember back in the day when parents, their TV had all every channel, all the good channels? <laughs> and the TV in the living room had select shit. channels. <laughs> we didn't have shit. <laughs> and then I remember my mom tried, my, my mom tried to get all clever and be like, you know what? Each one of y'all have one hour of TV per day because we would always fight over the remote control. And but uh, my father was like, "That's his negotiation. You want to stay up later, do them dishes, and then yeah, give me a foot rub, and you can watch TV." So I'd be rubbing his feet watching TV. But then one day, mm-hmm. there was, yeah, there's something. My father was like, "Yeah, man." The guy made a joke, and he was like, yeah. "My father was like, yeah, that's right. You got to be a freak for your man." And then my mom, <laughs> my mom was like, "Ah, oh, Jay." She was always like, "Jay's." And so, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I'm not worried about that. And she was like, and she always had this freaking way of probing, saying, well, well what do you mean? Well, what do you mean when you say that? Like, she was always concerned. Well, would you try that? Yeah. So well, tell me. Yeah. So she was like. Oh, remember how she used to clock our period? Yes, girl. <laughs> oh, my God. Real talk. So she was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, all I'm saying is I like girls, so I really don't even have to, like, Go do all that, and then she was like, "Yeah, but you were just an asshole." I know. I really was. I really was, though. So I was like, "I like girls. So I don't have to worry about that. You guys don't have to worry about that." And then she's like, "Oh my god, James! Did you hear what he just said?" She's like, "He's like, she's just a little freaky." You know? <laughs> I was like, "My father is crazy." Yes, he did. And like, he would just say shit like that. And you know what? Because my father said that. Like, I really didn't even put much thought into it. I didn't go start dating girls or nothing like that. I, like, I always, like, always flirting with girls and shit, but I never had my experiences with a woman until I was a full-grown adult, like, in my early, my early 20s. I was 20. So I was already an adult on my parents' house, you know, experiencing life on my own. But at that age, I think that because my dad put it into perspective, he was like, oh, you're a little open-minded. Okay. <laughs> like, I see. You're going to be all right in life. You know what I mean? Yeah, you didn't say shit. Yeah, like, he just was like, eh. but my mom was very, very like, oh, my God, we need to look into this and talk about it. And I think that because I had parents like that, I really got to see how the world was going to be. You know, I had one person who was like really conscientious of who, how I presented myself and what people were going to think. And I should be conscious of how I say things. And then my father just was like, listen, be who you are, but just know if you're going to be an asshole, there's going to be somebody who calls you out on it and you better be able to defend yourself. <laughs> yeah. Period. Like if you're going to talk shit, back it up. Don't be just a talker. And you know Do what it. I want to say about this being, having been with, a, you, I, I, I do not again have anything against anybody in the LGBT community. Me neither. I love everyone in the neighborhood. <laughs> but listen to me, I have been mm-hmm. fucked up by one of y'all. Like, I <laughs> like for real, my husband. I was married to my husband. And oh yeah, you're gonna go there. Finding out that my husband liked transsexual men. Oh yeah, and or drag queens, and even if they weren't, he just liked boys. And yeah, <laughs> I had to take a big sip for that. <laughs> I found that out via Facebook. Mm. Thanks, and Mark. I started noticing that 
by things that he liked and things that he looked at on Facebook. Because, you know, just look, oh, this person looked at this. And he was always looking at transsexuals' pages. Yeah. You know, like, I, it was just crazy. So I started getting nosy and looking. Mm-hmm. But one day I got inboxed by one of these transsexuals telling mm-hmm. me they felt bad for me. <laughs> Mm. And it was so fucked up how I was loving on this man and being a wife, and they was fucking him. <sighs> then I hacked the Facebook, mm. and I found everything, <laughs> girl. And I posted all that shit on Facebook and everywhere else. And periodically from time to time, because I'm a bitter bitch, I still post it. Mm-hmm. I'm upset. Because you could have ruined my fucking life mm-hmm. by being a closet person. Fucker. Fucker. You're a closet fucker. You don't want people to know that that's what you do, but that's what you do. And basically, I was like his cover up. And now somebody else's. Mm-hmm. And he has babies with two people who apparently the first person knew he was gay but was too ashamed to say anything. Mm. So she kept it to herself. And, and today, fuck you, bitch. Oof. That's how mm. I feel about you. And then the mother and the sister. And everybody knew that shit. So, like, the joke really was on me. Like, the shit was horrible. Mm. It was a really fucked up feeling to, to wake up to that. Mm. not thinking that the person that you know just and another thing with that is the person can never really love you for real when they don't tell you who they are yeah so very true Mm. you know you have to be open about some shit like that there's too many diseases and other things going around out here for you to be secretly fucking around backdooring somebody while you're sleeping around with, and the same thing for women. Absolutely, absolutely. The same thing for you. Because yeah, girls too. have a a thing where they're like, oh, if it's with a girl, it doesn't count. Ha 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 ha. Well, let me share no, something bitch, with the world. I, I once, I, I once, I, I'll just say, I once dated a woman who was not as honest as she presented herself to be, and I got to experience all of her deception, and it was not a fun experience. And so people need to protect themselves, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally. Don't be afraid to have those uncomfortable conversations on first dates and things. Shit, have a first date. Make it a lunch or you know, coffee. I'm the, queen. Like, I'm the queen of uncomfortable questions. When I met my spouse, <laughs> you know what? When I met my spouse, I met my spouse by while working on, we were working on set together. And then, like, I invited him to be a guest on a show that I was co-hosting at the time. And then... We, I said, you know, we had a conversation over the phone about, you know, what the episode would be about, whatever. But then I was like, you know what? You're pretty interesting. You want to go out for tea? And he was like, yeah. Nobody's ever asked me out for tea before, you know, let alone a girl. So we went out on a date. And it was in the daytime. It was before, like, 2 o'clock. Like, there were guidelines to the shit. And I feel like people need to have that. And, I, and, and on that time, it wasn't really a date date, per se. But... I, we were vibing so cool that I was asking him a lot of 
life philosophy questions. You know what I mean? And and we were having a genuine conversation where there was no guard, you know, and we both were sharing. And I felt like, hmm, this person is like-minded. I think people need to have more of those conversations instead of being like, hmm, she got a fatty or hmm, he got a, a nice car. So I'm sure he can pay for those payments. Like there's more to men and women than what they can offer you in the moment. Like you said, lust being that, that core, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? True. People just need to get it together and stop doing all this crazy shit that yep. they're doing out here. Black China sleeping with 18 year olds, church beating up on bitches, you know, the Girl. president taking food stamps away from people. Oh my gosh. Yes, boxes. we have like four minutes left. Let's talk about that. People are in an uproar. But you know what? which people are? The white people. Yes. White people are more, Cole says that Caucasians are a little bit more upset about their food stamps being taken away than African Americans. Yes, they are. You know why? Because food stamps originally was implemented for their white asses in the country. (laughs) (laughs) And they fought to get it. Mm. And on top of that, they fought to keep it because they found it as a way to keep people, Mm -hmm. specifically black people, yeah by having like I think one of the conditions is that the black man like like the household if it's African American woman she can't have the man in the house right yeah yeah basically she has to be uh, codependent on them and only them I don't even know how these bitches live you know (laughs) just that and not to say that I've never needed anything but what I am saying is that it is not designed to keep you where you are Certain parts of it are not. It's designed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the whole shit is a headache. Getting anything is a headache. Trust me mm-hmm. and believe me. So it's not designed to keep you with it. Mm-hmm. It's been abused over the years. And I do agree with him taking it away from the people that have fucking abused it. If you've had it for over 15 years and you've done nothing but stay in the same place, then bitch, give it up. Mm-hmm. You need to start back at square one and get your fucking priorities in order. Because yeah. there are people that actually need it, that actually yes. don't want to be stuck and don't want to be that stereotype of a project bitch or a welfare recipient. Well, let's talk about what that looks like, why the stigma is so bad, right, and or good, because what all they're mad about is that because, like, Trump has a specific diet that they'll receive, like, they can no longer take their EBT card and go to KFC, like, they're going to get a specific box with certain foods and nutrients, right? So yeah, let's think about that. If you're really hurting, you. if you're this all hurting all for food, though, for why would you? Like, I think that it should be closed off to, like, I think it should only be able to be used in grocery stores like it was back in the day. Like, exactly. you shouldn't be well, going to. paper food stamps. I was just thinking that, but I was like, girl, that's killing a lot of trees. I'm just, <laughs> like, I'm like, I just think that. It should be it should be conditional, right? In terms of how long they offer you the program for, and how much they give you, and I think where you can spend the money should be conditional. You should only be able to use it in like stop and shop. Yeah, because I'm or, like, if you, you know what, you should probably only be able to use it in like a price right over sale, like a grocery store. That. Yeah, like a- yeah, because the food that they're gonna sell you mm-hmm. anyway, I mean that they're gonna give you in a ration box anyway, is gonna be all. Bad for you, food. Yeah, man. It's not going to be anything healthy. Fashion box is going to be terrible. (laughs) You mean you ain't signing up to get your cereals, your Cheerios? 
People not gonna be getting their boxes on time. They're gonna be damaged. <laughs> Food is gonna be spoiled. It's gonna be terrible. Maybe and the post office. No, it's gonna be all non perishable. It'll a, be a box of non perishable. And it's gonna taste like and trash. And stops you from being able to Man. get meat. What is he gonna do? Give out meat vouchers? Yeah, this is what pretty. we need to know. <laughs> then, like, the welfare system itself, like, my, like, I grew up on welfare. And my mom, like, when she, if she got a job, you would think they would leave you on welfare for like three or four months so you can catch up or, you know, yeah. get a little bit saved. Man, like, when they, when she had, um, had a job, they just snatched the rent went from $3 to back to $1,300. Dang, it's, like, yeah. it's like they don't care. So it's like Man. designed to keep you in this circle of mm-hmm. just being stuck. It once you don't make any money because you'll have to tell us and then your ass will be stuck. Every dollar and dime you make, you got to report it. And, you know, which is, you know, transitioning into getting your own because everybody should have their own. Mm-hmm. But they make it hard. Mm-hmm. And they make it hard, but who do they really make it hard for? Let me tell you. I'm going to tell you, right? I sent some heartbroken shit earlier this morning on Facebook. There was this teacher, African-American woman, 37 years old, beautiful woman. I thought she was in her early 20s. That's how good she looked. But she was having a conversation. She said they, she was at a protest, and they're protesting the school that they work at because she's like, you know what? I got two master's degrees, and I'm making less than $20,000 a year. I just recently had to move back with my parents to put my daughter to college and it's just unfair. She's like, it's so unfair. They pay us nothing and then the jobs that are available aren't even available. And it was just so heartbreaking because it's like, she's someone who builds minds. She's like, listen, all I know is education. What am I supposed to do with these two master's degrees and I can't get no work? She was like, and McDonald's is going to pay me more money and offer me some benefits? Like, how heartbreaking is that? And then you got people going into McDonald's, getting mad at the workers that are there and beating them up because they got an order wrong. The world is fucked up. But the human And then another thing that so nobody, nobody ever puts in perspective that we were all not born with the same uh, brain capacity, mind drive. Yeah. Like, yep. There's people out here that can't do what I can do. There's people who ain't got the drive that I got. Exactly. And it's not that everybody's just, everybody's not just lazy. Some people need help. Like God didn't make no, us No, everybody is not just lazy, mm-hmm. but some people just are, and I'm speaking about them. All right. What about, the, <laughs> what about people up in these, uh, the government, just because they wear a suit, they abuse money all the time. Absolutely. They do everything. Yes, they do. Nobody cares. Everybody I care. Just people that the work poor in people. I care. Also abuse the funds that they give out and their ability and authority to give them out. So they so, need stipulations and they need uh, regulations on if they want to regulate somebody on welfare, they need to regulate what they're doing. Because mm. my man just... Like accountability. Three three senators approved their homeboy to get a twenty two million dollar um uh what you call it a fund funding mm. for his little space project mm. and now and now it all came out because those three senators died damn twenty two million dollars and it was a black program nobody know about that's what we're doing mm. wow that's crazy so it's like to me I was like yo if you ain't gonna regulate the top I don't care about the bottom do what y'all want to do. 
I have to kind of low-key agree about that. Like, when I think about how the countries ran, right? So, America was created by the criminals that were ostracized from the old country. And they got permission from the queen to come out here, right? And set up. And then eventually, as they began to prosper, the queen was checking in. And so, like, the world was not created on morality. However, we had the standard of morality that were called to live by and they don't even enforce the things that they uphold to us which is the same thing that the bible talks about it just talks about how the jewish pharisees would lord over the people and they Mm -hmm. weren't living according to the standards they were trying to hold up the people to and that being acknowledged we are in new jerusalem america the new babylon the land that the book of Revelation talks about, let's, get, let's go there for a, a split second. We're in that time. So mm-hmm. how do we navigate through this? Each week, our purpose here at Cannabis and Chardonnay is to unwind and give our opinions on things. We are entitled as human beings to talk about things that we, are con- that we find to be of a concern to us. We are entitled to that. We all can have a difference of opinion and still coexist, but we do have to be able to tolerate other people's opinions about things. And so that's what this whole show is about, essentially, is us coming together as people, sharing our thoughts, and really trying to get some answers that may spark someone to come up with some solutions if it's not us ourselves. But, like, I just think about the state of the world at hand, and I'm like, wow, we are living out a lot of the things that the Bible talks about. And so at the end of the day, I choose to believe in the human spirit and believe that if we could have these uncomfortable conversations, just maybe, just maybe, the world will change before our eyes in a good way. Facts. So join us, y'all, every Wednesday. We, we record on Tuesdays. We'll be live on Facebook Look up the group Cannabis and Chardonnay. It's a private group. So if you're into the culture, let us know and we will gladly accept you. And you can join us there live on Tuesdays. But if not, tune in to us on Apple iTunes, Cannabis and Chardonnay, as well as Anchor.fm. Download the app, subscribe, like, and share. If you want to know a little bit more about us, you can follow OutrageousThoughtsAndQuestions.com. Say hello to the people, Outrageous. Hey, hey, hey. And then also, if you're looking for some dope other podcasts and creative media and you need some help just manifesting your vision, you reach out to Creative Bully Media. Creative, say hello to the people. Yo, yo, yo. How can they find you guys? Drop websites. You can find me on Facebook at Petty Politics or Dorothy Wadley. You can find me on Instagram at Miss dot underscore dot bring that back. And you can find me on outrageous thoughts and comments dot com. Outrage US thoughts and comments dot com. And creative bully. You can find me. Say Lewis Rowland, no, no, it's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me. Uh, type in Creative Bully Media at Creative Bully Media on Instagram, and the link in the bio will uh, assist you to everything about me and everywhere you need to go. And I got a message for the government. 
I still ain't forgot about the $2.3 trillion that just went missing on 9-11. Y'all gonna have to answer Ooh. for that. I'm on your ass. Oh, well, guess he's on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so join us, y'all. We appreciate the support. And uh, if you have any questions, you can also record a message on the Anchor app. So go ahead, give us your claps because we love to see your claps. Subscribe and check us out every week. Have a blessed evening, everyone. Have a good night. Good night. Out.